And if you're, you know, if you were a fly sitting on the wall and, you know, I, again, some of the folks in our audience here uh, haven't been a financial advisor yet, right? Um, and if they were a fly sitting on the wall watching a conversation with this client they may have worked with in an accounting context for a long time, and now they've got this opportunity to maybe work with them in a wealth management context. Um, you know, one of the great challenges that um, I've seen financial advisors deal with in a historical sense is that is that they, they don't know how to set expectations really well. And the conversation typically goes something like this. Um, the client, the prospective client here says, um, well, what can I expect from this portfolio? You know, kind of near the end of the conversation, we've already talked about the portfolio and all the different things we're going to do. And they're like, so what can I expect from this portfolio? And the advisor typically will say something like, well, look, Welcome to AFO Wealth Management Forward, a podcast about finance, accounting, technology, and entrepreneurship. We apply our decades worth of experience and insight into what makes businesses work so we can help others grow both personally and professionally. In this ever-evolving marketplace, we help accounting firms and financial advisors grow their practice through the adoption of holistic wealth management services. Learn from industry leaders and subject matter experts to unlock the secrets of their success a podcast that shows people and companies the transformative power of technology so they don't fear it, but instead harness it. Don't fight the robots, team up with them. And here are your hosts, Rory Henry, Director of Business Development and CEO Rob Santos of Arrowroot Family Office. Hello, Rob. Hello, Rory. All right, I'm super excited uh, to have our guests speak with us today. He is the CEO and co-founder of Riskalyze. Uh, Riskalyze is a comprehensive risk alignment platform that serves tens of thousands of financial advisors. He's also the co-founder of Hope Takes Fruit and sits on the board of Snappy Kraken, which is a marketing automation platform that by no coincidence is continually showing up on my Instagram feed, Rob. The algorithm <laughs> is working. It's effective. Uh, so without further ado, let's give a warm welcome to our guest, Aaron Klein. Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Great to be here with you. Uh, Aaron, we are huge fans, uh, not only of you, uh, but of your software. Um, you know, what we usually do at the beginning of the podcast is really just, you know, ask you and hear a little bit about your story, your background. You know, how did you find yourself building uh, and being in, in Riskalyze? We'd love to, to hear a little bit of that origin story. Sure, sure. Happy, happy to, to share that with you. And, uh, you know, once again, just, just, uh, Grateful to have the opportunity to, to share this with you and, uh, and, and with your audience and um, excited to do so. You know, I, I started, let's see, if I go way back, I started working in the afternoons uh, uh, at the age of 12 in the afternoons after school uh, for my dad. He knew nothing about child labor laws and he knew nothing <laughs> about minimum wage laws, you know. Uh, and so, uh, you know, but he was an entrepreneur and he's, and he's building a business. It was, it was a very challenging business because it was like wholesale distribution of automatic gates and security equipment, you know, so commoditized product, everybody has the same product, very, very low profit margins. Um, you know, a couple of the things that he taught me there. And I think, you know, uh, the folks who run accounting firms can probably relate to this, that, you know, number one. Um, relationships are everything that if you take care of your clients, they'll take good care of you. Right. Um, and, um, and the second is that you've, uh, that you've really got to um, think about how to uh, expand your margins and think about how to grow your impact on the world 
um, if you're gonna if you're gonna succeed and survive in a business. And you know, I, I again, I just think about uh, the mission that that you all serve here uh, with you know turning great uh, accounting firms into uh, broader and more impactful practices by adding financial advice to it. Uh, I feel like what my dad learned and what I got to learn by osmosis while he was doing that, uh, you know, is, is, is pretty applicable. And so, uh, so anyway, I worked for him for a long time, um, you know, helped him sell that business to a larger competitor at some point um, and uh, did a few different things in the internet space. And, uh, you know, some of them worked out okay. Some of them didn't work out okay. Moderately successful, I would say. And, um, and so then I, I spent uh, probably about four years uh, working, running global product for a division of an options brokerage firm. And, um, and it was really interesting. I'm leading technology teams that are building, you know, uh, products to help options traders, you know, do what they do. And I remember talking to a buddy of mine and I said, Mike, it is crazy how the average individual thinks about the concept of risk. And he said, if you think that's crazy, you should see how many of us financial advisors think about it. Like we, we just haven't had the tools in our industry to really think about, um, you know, a, a risk really well to really understand who our clients are and, um, and to match that up with the amount of risk in their portfolios. And so we, you know, we started talking about that and eventually decided there was a company in there and uh, co-founded you know, co Risklize in 2011. Um, took us a couple of years of building core technology and testing out a lot of different things for the product to come out of beta in March of 2013. And it kind of just took off like a rocket. And it's been a wild growth ride ever since. Um, and I, I feel enormously grateful that here we are, you know, basically a decade since we started the company. Um, and, um, you know, we have the great privilege of serving tens of thousands of financial advisors across the country. Um, you know, today, uh, we, we're, we're about, we're about 200 employees or so, uh, serving those financial advisors and, um, you know, and we, and, and the core product, what we really do is help financial advisors engage with their clients, but through a better lens, you know, um, because if there's one thing I've learned, particularly, we serve a lot of financial advisors, frankly, who started as, um, you know, tax preparers and accounting firms and things like that, and, and expanded into financial advice. And it's a it's it's been amazing for them because one of the one of the things I think that our platform kind of specializes in is helping them keep it simple with how they engage with clients. You've got to find a quick, simple way to ask that existing client of yours that you're doing tax work for, hey, or accounting work for, hey, um, you know, like like I, I'm curious to see like what your risk number is and whether that matches up with the amount of risk you've actually got in your investment portfolio. We're booking these gains and losses, you know, maybe on your taxes. I'm looking at all this in your accounting, like, like we should get a view of whether or not your risk matches up. And it's just a fantastic way to engage the client into a wealth management conversation. And then we've obviously built out our entire platform across risk and proposal and portfolio analytics and investment research to help that, uh, you know, that advisor uh, drive that client relationship and, and, and really, you know, uh, keep existing clients engaged and happy and also bring new ones aboard. Yeah. I, you know, it's uh, to kind of talk about maybe the broader scope of technology here, sure. Aaron, I know you've talked about uh, not using technology for just technology's sake mm -hmm. and that really technology should fade in the background. And we've talked about on the podcast about, you know, the humanity aspect of servicing clients and how right. people want that human connection that reassurance from a, a competent professional to provide right. the peace of mind that they're making the correct decisions. Can you kind of elaborate on how we as professionals 
should really think about technology and, and how we should uh, be working with it? That's a that's that's a great um, great question. And and I, um, man, unpacking that, I, I think there's a lot of aspects to that. So you know, for, first and foremost, um, we if we try to attack that kind of opportunity and we don't apply technology to the mix, we're holding ourselves back in a, in a really um, big way. Right. Like, but, but technology is not the, should not be the face of what any financial advisor does. Okay. It is, it is a, um, it is a means to an end. It's not the end in itself. And so some of the technology ideas that have percolated out of there have almost been like, well, what we're going to do is we're going to build up this financial advisor's value by yeah. equipping them with all of the latest gadgets and gizmos to make them look cool to their clients. And, you know, I, I, I just think that I don't, I don't think that's a good philosophy. I don't think it works. I don't think that clients are that particularly impressed just because you happen to have some cool, like they've probably got some cool technology too. And their kids at home probably have some even cooler technology than you're showing them right there. So it's really not about technology as a means to an end. And that, that is, I, you know, you, you, you quoted part of the quote um, and I love it. Um, the, the ethos that we have uh, tried to, to kind of, um, uh, enable in our team and ensure, you know, is a, is a core principle of what we do is that great advisor technology fades into the background so that the brilliance of the advisor's work can shine through. And, you know, it, 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 every single thing that we design as a firm, first of all, you know, one of our, one of our points of distinctive excellence, I think, at our company, and I feel really grateful that this is true, is that we build software that financial advisors love to use and that they and that their, their staff loves to use and that their clients can understand. And, you know, at the end of the day, like that is what is most critical there. We're, we're, we're not trying. We have financial advisors who come in and take a look at risk life. They go like, oh, I, I couldn't use this. My goal is to try to make things look very, very complex for clients. And I go, if, if that's where you, think <laughs> you get your value from, by trying to make it look hard. Like, listen, clients already buy the fact that it's hard and complicated and important. That's why they've come to you, okay? They're not sitting there going, I right. can do this myself. Like, like, they've come to you because this is so complex and it's so important to them that they want a human being to solve this problem for them and take it off their plates. So like I, there, there's just that the, the, the point, the point of a financial advisors like technology stack should not be to try to make things more complex or look more sophisticated and cool. It should be a means to an end to show that client, the brilliance of the advisors work for them. I mean, there are advisors out there that we all know that just, bury people with information and i think it, they just some get causing to submit with all with all the stuff they provide but really radical well, simplicity it's how, our, it's, it's how the fintech industry has worked for so long right it, it is that we have um we have focused you know i i like to say you know investing feels like a black box to a lot of people mm -hmm. and to solve that for some reason we thought it was a good idea to hand them like a 30 page archaic report <laughs> right that told them there are multiple and their standard deviation yeah. and if you line up 10 people in a row and tell them their standard deviation you've got somewhere between nine and nine and a half confused people okay like four out of three americans are bad at math okay 
So I like, like, there's just no question in my mind. Yeah. Four out of three. Yeah. So, so there's no question in my mind that like, that's not the right way to engage clients on these important and critical topics. And there, there was a better way. That's why we invented the risk number. Yeah. And, you know, in that, in that grain, I, I think you had, had once said the pa- pandemic really showed, you know, that Riskalyze was like a must have kind of software as opposed to just kind of like a nice to have software. Can you talk right. a little bit about that? Sure. Well, you know, that just stems from the fact that I would argue, well, you know, so first of all, I'll go back 10 years. We start the company in 2011. I still remember the first person who looked at me like I was crazy and said, you named the company, you put like risk in the name of the company. (laughs) Risk is something that financial advisors manage and try to control, but they never talk about with their clients. And then it got even worse when they got in there and saw that like our 95% historical range analytic is a six month analytic. They're like, you know, you don't understand. Like there's two things that financial advisors never talk about with their clients. It's risk and the short term. You would think it would be religion and politics, but it's not, it's <laughs> risk and the short term, okay? Um, and, and, and the problem is, is that humans react to risk in the short term. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing is we're leaving our clients unequipped on the battlefield of, of psychology to like make good decisions. And, and the only thing that a financial advisor actually needs from their clients are good decisions, right? Yeah. Because I, I, I stood in front of a big audience a few years ago, financial advisors, and, I, and I, I said, how many of you help your clients make great long-term decisions? And all the hands in the room go up and I'm just like, I'm, I'm terribly sorry, I'm never gonna do this again. That was a total trick question. <laughs> like none of your clients make long-term decisions. They only make short-term decisions, okay? But you know what you need in order to deliver your output of great financial outcomes are a series of great short-term decisions one after another, okay? So the, the, the whole point of, of what Riskalyze was founded to do was to basically harness confirmation bias and help people understand the context of the decision that they were making in their portfolio, understand how to react to risk appropriately, And then when things got a little bit more difficult down the road, be able to look back and harness that confirmation bias and go, you know what? I made a good decision six months ago, okay? I can relate to that decision because it was only six months ago and I made a good decision then. And I'm gonna stay the course and not make a panic selling decision even though markets are a little choppy right now. That was was the, the sum total of like where we started in 2011. So, you know, Fast forward through that decade, we've gone a decade of people going, I can't believe you put risk in the name. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Okay. Um, You know, even even as tens of thousands of financial advisors come aboard that we have the great privilege of serving, Um, you know, 2020 hits and suffice it to say, that does not feel like a risk focused wealth management platform does not feel like a dumb decision anymore. Right. (laughs) Because all of a sudden risk management and risk assessment has just skyrocketed up the list of what everyday people are doing to live, right? Like we're yeah. making risk assessments in, in April of 2020 about going to the grocery store, okay? So, I, you know, I, I look at that and I just go, okay, the 2020s are clearly the decade of risk. And I do think that it kind of catapulted us into an era where 
Um, man, if you're a financial advisor and you don't have a risk solution on your desk, you're a little bit like that financial advisor in the 2000s who didn't have a computer on their desk. Um, that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's been a sea change for us. And it's absolutely been a, a large inflection point for our growth. Yeah, makes total sense. And you know, speaking about risk here, uh, you know, we deal with a lot of accounting firms and we try to demystify a lot of these technologies that are that are out there, Aaron. Yep. And I know you've talked about we're moving into this future multi-platform world. Can you kind of talk about what that world is and, and how best we can work with the, all these different technology platforms? Sure. Well, one thing I would say is that um, it's definitely important to kind of keep it simple with your tech stack as a, as a financial advisor, and particularly if you're doing business expansion, like you're doing accounting or tax work and you're expanding into financial advice. Um, look, your goal shouldn't be to create the most complicated tech stack there is. But I also am a believer that if you simply say to yourself, oh, I'm going to use one of these all-in-one things, um, you're really going to deny yourself the benefit of a lot of the, the cutting edge innovation that is really helping financial advisors to accomplish some of the things that we were just talking about. You know, let, letting the tech fade into the background and the brilliance of the advisor's work shine through um, uh, and, and, and some of the behavioral finance stuff we're talking about, like just in all candor, that kind of, of capability doesn't really exist in a lot of these kind of all-in-one platforms because yeah. by their nature, the all-in-one platforms are trying to do everything, okay? And I've always said, you know, we've, ex we've, we've grown and expanded our platform over the last decade. Um, but we've always done so through the lens of focus because we believe in doing a smaller number of things than everything and trying to do them really, really well. Um, and every time we expand the breadth of our platform, we do it with a lot of focus to make sure that we're expanding the depth too. Because I, you know, for us at least, if we tried to do this all in one idea and literally do everything, I'm pretty convinced we would be mediocre at everything and not particularly mm -hmm. good at any one thing. So while we continue to grow and expand, we, we do so with a big lens of focus and making sure that we're, we're more than an inch deep there, right? So I think what's really critical to advisors is, you know, first of all, don't lock yourself into a silo and give yourself the opportunity to tap into that innovation, but do so in the context of thinking about how you can create workflow integration between your different solutions, Okay. Um, I would I would give us a solid B minus to B plus for how well we've done on that, but I'm a tough grader. Okay, mm -hmm. I, I think that there's more that we owe, and when I say we, I both mean Riskalyze and I mean uh, the broader fintech industry as a whole that we owe financial advisors in terms of creating richer, deeper workflow level integrations. Mm -hmm. Too many of the integrations that exist today are simple single sign-on integrations. I mean, those we, we kind of like won't even call integrations. And then there's the ones that are kind of like data sharing integrations, some data flows back and forth, some risk numbers pop up over here, some, you know, some other stuff pops over there. What, I'm really convinced that like the next phase of this are deep, rich workflow level integrations where there's a very clear ability to go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I, I, I'm on, you know, client, prospect comes into my website, they do, what is your risk number? Lead pops into Riskalyze, okay? That, from a workflow perspective, drops into my CRM kind of automatically and sets off the right workflows there. And then, you know, from Riskalyze, um, I can engage with the client, uh, you know, through that, that prospect meeting and, you know, compare their current portfolio to the risk number that they created on my website. Um, 
show them what I could do for them if I if I help them manage that money more effectively, bring them aboard as a client. And then, you know, if there's other pieces of the workflow, like maybe jumping into a financial planning tool, the workflow just works and the data flows with me as I go from place to place. So, you know, we use Riskalyze um, for a lot of things that you, you just talked about. You know, we had uh, Donnie Shimamoto on, uh, who is, you know, very well-respected um, influencer, thought leader in the accounting space, in the advisory. And, you know, his practice, he actually took a bunch of the services of like normal accounting firms off his website, like bookkeeping and all this other stuff. He's like, what we're really selling are like peace of mind, confidence, clarity, hope, hope. clarity, hope, you know, and, um, and that's what we really seen as being like wonderful for Riskalyze because the math is, is reliable. We understand the methodology. It's very, very well thought out, but it's helping us to give that clarity to the client. It's helping to build that confidence, not only for them and us, but for them in their decision-making process as well. Um, and, you know, through our outreach efforts with clients and partners and everything else, you know, we've seen a lot of hesitance from the client side or the prospect side to ask questions that they don't necessarily understand, right? Like, what is a Sortino ratio? What is a, you know, what is the standard deviation? Monte Carlo is a place. What is this relation? Yeah. What is this graph that you're putting up? There's a thousand right. questions that every kind of average person would have and they hold back on those questions out of fear um, and, 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 and whatnot. So we've seen a, a, a lot of like wonderful aspects of, of utilizing Riskalyze through that workflow right. that you just talked about. Could you maybe talk about some of the experience that your advisors have with utilizing Riskalyze, not just for prospecting, but also for client retention? So, you know, one of the things uh, there, there's there's two aspects to that 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 come to mind. You know, first of all, um, I feel like a big part of client retention we have to work backwards and think about how we set expectations in the first place, right? And if you're you know if you were a fly sitting on the wall and you know I, again some of the folks in our audience here uh, haven't been a financial advisor yet, right? Um, and if they were a fly sitting on the wall watching a conversation with this client they may have worked with in an accounting context for a long time. And now they've got this opportunity to maybe work with them in a wealth management context. Um, you know, one of the great challenges that um, I've seen financial advisors deal with in a historical sense is that, is that they, they don't know how to set expectations really well. And the conversation typically goes something like this. Um, the client, the prospective client here says, um, well, what can I expect from this portfolio? you know, kind of near the end of the conversation, we've already talked about the portfolio and all the different things we're going to do. And they're like, so what can I expect from this portfolio? And the advisor typically will say something like, well, look, I mean, you know, for a portfolio uh, like this, for somebody of your, you know, age and time horizon, time to time to retirement, blah, blah, blah. Like I, I you know, in my, in my experience, this is the kind of portfolio that's going to be best optimized to kind of get you to that, to that, you know, uh, end game and, and like help you be able to reach those goals and all those kinds of things. And, and the prospective client goes, yeah, 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 I understand that. But like, where do you think we'll be in a year? And the advisor kind of goes, well, look, I mean, I'm not a shaman. I don't have a silver ball, uh, you know, crystal ball. Like, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't tell you what the markets are going to do a year from now. Like anybody can tell you what your, where your portfolio is going to be a year from now, like run screaming from the room, you know, um, aspect of truth there. But the, 
the client typically that turns around and says, well, look, look, I'm like, I'm not going to wait around for 30 years and hope that you're right. Like, you've got to give me some way of understanding and thinking about like, like whether we're on track a year from now. And it's the advisor who usually capitulates at that point and says, well, look, I mean, this portfolio over the long run, it should probably average about 8% a year. And the problem there is that the only thing the client just heard was 8% a year. Okay. So if there's one thing we know about the markets, it's that the one number that they're really, the one, the one number that the market is really good at not hitting is its own average. You can go back and look at like almost any 25 year period in market history and just draw a line of its average across the, the, you know, the bar charts. And you will find at max, like a couple of 25 year periods where only two of the years got within one percentage point of its own average. It's fascinating. Markets don't hit their own average. They have some down years. They have a lot of up years, way above average. And it averages out to a nice return over time. Okay. So the net effect of the advisor saying 8% a year in effect to the client's head, they did say long-term, they did say average. Client didn't hear any of that. Okay. The, net effect, <laughs> the client's always pissed off, right? The advisor is wrong 95% of the time. How does this work? If the market is below average, the client is pissed off because they didn't make 8%. If the market is above average, guess what? Client's still pissed off. Hey, wait a minute. The market's up 16%. Why did we not? Why, why did we not? Why did we only make 12? Okay. So, uh, you know, our belief is that the, the first step towards client retention is to use the risk number to set those expectations, right? We need to say, look, um, you're telling me you're risk 45. Um, we've, we've done the work to, to verify that if we invest you like a risk 45, you're going to be able to reach your goals. You have the risk capacity of also being a risk 45. So, so we're good there. So if we invest you like a risk 45, that means that over the next six months, I'm making this number up, but like, you're probably comfortable with this portfolio ranging between a minus eight and a plus 12%. Okay. That's the 95% historical range of what is normal for this kind of portfolio. Okay. Does that feel comfortable to you? client says, yes, that feels comfortable to me. Okay. Guess what? Now as the financial advisor, I am winning 95% of the time. I'm right 95% of the time. The other 5% of the time are those 5% probability events like we experienced in March of 2020, mm -hmm. like we experienced in 2008, like we experienced in 2000. They're not called possibility events. They're probability events. They will happen. Okay. But now the financial advisor is going to be building the client's confidence to make the right decisions 95% of the time. And then that 5% of the time when the 5% when the probability event comes along, we're able to go, hey, like we've built our confidence here. We've been making good decisions. The one thing we know about 5% probability events is that the worst time to sell is at the bottom of one. Okay. Mm -hmm. The data is clear on that. Okay. So now let's have the confidence to like stick with that. And maybe we can enjoy the same benefit that the, of the snapback that the people who didn't freak out at the bottom of the 2020 pandemic crash got to experience that big snapback. Okay. So, yeah. so that first and foremost, like how do you set expectations matters and it has a compounding effect on building the client's confidence and willingness to stick in for the long term. So that, so that's, that's one. Um, I feel like this is a long-winded answer, but hopefully this is this is good stuff. Oh, but I know <laughs> it's a, a compounding okay. effect, a calming effect. No, this is great. Yeah. So the other the other one that I would throw at you 
And this is one of, I think, the most powerful features in Riskalyze. It's in all of our service plans, so everybody has it, and it's like underused, my opinion, okay? And it's a feature we call check-ins. And check-ins is a tool for helping the financial advisor keep their finger on the pulse beat of a client's psychology between their client reviews, okay? So the idea is, is that you might send out your check-in monthly, you might send it out quarterly, but the client gets an email and it's very simple. It's a two-question process. First question, how are you feeling about the markets, positive or negative? Okay, you tap one of those answers, pops up, you know, like right on your phone or something, it just pops up for the second question. It goes, how are you feeling about your financial future, confident or anxious? With those two questions, we create a super simple framework that the financial advisor uses to know where are the problems in their base of clients, okay? Because mm -hmm. if you get green, green, okay? Feeling good about the market, positive about the markets, confident about my financial future, that client's probably fine. Like you probably, you know, uh, you're gonna have a client review with them in a few months, they're in great shape, okay? You get red, red, obvious, you're probably gonna be getting on the phone with that client very quickly, okay? Now, what if you get red on the markets, green on financial future, okay? The client's feeling pretty good about what you're doing for them, but they're getting a little nervous about what's going on in the markets. I would probably put them below the red reds on my call list, okay? But you could still reach out to them and, and you know, maybe shoot them an email, shoot them, you know, whatever, and, 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 like, and like connect with them a little bit. But they're, they're feeling confident about their financial future because the work, about the work that you've done to put them there, okay? Now let's flip it. What if it's green market, red financial future, that client is telling you that they're liking what the market is doing. They're feeling good about that. They are not feeling good about what you've done for them in, in, in that context for their financial future. Or at the very least, they feel like some changes need to be made. And that's giving, I mean, I would put that client much higher up on my call list and reach out to them because that client is telling you that you know, it's not a market-driven thing, but I'm not feeling great about my financial future and I need to get that in sync. And you, know, you wanna talk about driving client retention, that in and of itself, we've talked to firms that had client retention in the 83% range and they boosted it to 97% just by listening to those signals. Amazing. Wow, wow. Um, I guess my next question here for us, Aaron, you know, we have uh, our holistic wealth management program, AFO Wealth Management Forward. Can you kind of touch on how you know, accounting firms can potentially utilize risk, riskalyze uh, to, to grow their practice and start offering uh, future facing advice? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a great question. And I would, I would, I would think about that a couple of different ways. First of all, um, you know, I think it's really important. And I love what you were saying before about the, um, the expert in, in kind of tax and accounting talking about like, what are you actually selling on your website? Yeah. Um, you know, at the same time, I would say I, I might be a little bit of a contrarian to him and say it's super important to explain the why, like he talked about. It's also super, super important to explain the what, uh, particularly in a digital marketing age where SEO, you know, search engine optimization and, and all those kinds of things, um, you know, matter. But when you add wealth management to your roster of services on your website, one of the key things that, you know, this is a very well-utilized feature in Riskalyze, you can drop a couple lines of code to your website or have your web guide do it. Uh, and, and you have a, what is your risk number button on your website? And it is one of the most effective 
um, top of the funnel tools to convert website traffic into interested people who want to understand uh, something important about themselves. What is their risk number uh, for the money that they're trying to manage? Uh, and then it, the, what I, what, what's so great about it is that, um, you know, rarely do we, rarely anywhere in life, right, when we're on the front end of trying to grow a business, do we have a situation where we're going to land a client with one touch, right? Yeah. Uh, well, the, the great thing is, is that the what is your risk number uh, questionnaire kind of drives the second opportunity because it delivers back that risk number to the client. But then it points out that like there's another side to this coin. You know, we've just figured out that you are a risk 45. What's the risk number of your portfolio right now? Like it's probably invested in something. If it's not, it's a risk one. That's not aligned with your 45. Okay. And if it is invested in something, the, the little secret of our industry is frankly, most advisors are not paying very good attention to this. And, um, you know, clients who are risk 45 very well might have a portfolio that's invested like an 88. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that is a very powerful moment um, to, to drive that conversation, to drive that meeting with the client, to be able to do the reveal to them that like they want to be a 45, they're invested like an 88. Um, you know, we, we laughingly call that the ACAT form moment because, you know, kind of the, the blood drains out of the client's face. They see why their portfolio is bouncing around like it is. And they go, you can solve this for me. You've taught me something. You've, you've helped me understand what I did not understand before, which is why does my portfolio feel out of control and I'm not happy with, with how it's going, okay? Um, from my perspective, um, you know, again, if you're, if you're gonna be an accounting or tax professional and expand into wealth management, you need a very simple hook to use to get those clients to say, I need to get a second opinion on this. I need to take a closer look at how this works. And, and, and from that learning, uh, you, need to, you need to show them something very quickly. It needs to be data-driven and effective. I think the risk number does that. And then you need, need to be able to show them how you can solve the problem. Uh, and when you do that, you build immediate credibility as being able to solve that yeah. problem for them as their financial advisor, in addition to being their accountant and, and or their tax preparer. Uh, all right, lastly, uh, Aaron, uh, let's end with this. And you know, what do you see as far as a roadmap uh, of risk lies and maybe the future of fintech here? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, there, there's, there's a lot of cool things that we're working on. Um, you know, one of the things that I would say is we're looking at all that data that's flowing in, uh, you know, for you on something like check-ins, right? And we're like, man, we could make it even easier for advisors to like process those check-ins, but also make it easier for them to see big trends and kind of a pulse speed across their entire client base. So we're super excited to be, to be working on some things there. Um, you know, we're, we're, um, we're thinking a lot about taking integrations to the next level. Yeah. We're investing yeah. a lot in that. And so, uh, again, my, my mantra for that has been, I want rich workflow integrations, not just data sharing integrations, right? Like let's, let's make it really easy for the advisor to walk through this process and not, not feel like they're starting from scratch every time they're jumping into the next application to, to work on something. Um, so, uh, so th those are just a few of the areas. There's a lot of different things we're working on. Um, we're excited to share that with the world soon. And, um, uh, it's, it's an exciting time, I think, to be in, um, technology because it's an exciting time to be in financial advice. 
Um, you know, the technology is enabling financial advisors to democratize access mm-hmm. to their advice and get the benefits of advice to more people. And I, you know, frankly, I don't think there's a better market for that than people working in accounting and, 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 and tax advice. To take it back to my dad and, you know, when I started working for him at 12, it's an incredible opportunity to massively expand impact on the client and, and margins for your business. And um, it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great business that really creates a stronger stickiness and connection uh, between the client and that firm. So um, I, I'm, I'm super grateful to you guys for all the work that you do uh, to, to help empower uh, accounting and tax professionals to, to expand into that. Um, people need financial advice. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the best paths we have to get more people delivering that financial advice and expand the impact of that financial advice to more people out there in the world. Yeah. No, Aaron, that is wonderful. And, and we want to thank you so much for joining us for di- today. We are, like I said at the opening, users uh, and huge fans um, and very excited about um, the future of Riskalyze. You know, we've... Uh, We've incorporated the trading and rebalancing tool into there to smooth out that that workflow ourselves. Um, And I will tell you from experience with prospects and current clients, you know, uploading their portfolios that are held away from us to say, well, you got all this money at any number of these other places. Let's see what that risk score looks like. And all of a sudden they end up with, oh my gosh, we're a 95 with these guys. And, you know, <laughs> we were supposed to be far. or on it's the, side, oh my God, they're on it. We're in like the twenties with this. And no wonder we're not making any money off this stuff. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it, it is it, unbelievable. It is really incredible. So, you know, again, our, our purpose is to empower accountants and to demystify some of this. And it's done a tremendous for us. And we appreciate all that. We're very yes. excited. We can't wait to have you back on again uh, awesome. sometime. And best of luck to you and the team uh, in Thank the future. You. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Aaron. All opinions expressed by Rob Santos and Rory Henry on this website podcast interview are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Arrowroot Family Office LLC or their parent company or affiliates and may have been previously disseminated on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by anyone as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of their opinions. Past performance is not indicative of future results.